0: (laughs) Thank you.
1: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Give us a call. The number is 208-991-4783. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com radiodetectives. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Well, I do want to thank Aaron who sends along support to our listener support campaign and also some uh, suggestions. We'll talk a little bit of prayers about a couple of those after the show. Uh, in the meantime, I do want to encourage you if you want to give to the listener support campaign, help us cover uh, some expenses and also just passion for Old time radio and uh, great detectives. I encourage you, if you want to, uh, go ahead and support the show. All donations of $7 or more receive access to our premium site. Donations of $20 or more get access to our premium site, and they also get a coupon to download my ebook, All I Needed to Know, I Learned from Columbo, for free, as well as another gift. Uh, And these can include uh, two half-hour Twilight Zone radio dramas, uh, modern uh, radio dramas produced with a wide variety of stars, recreating uh, classic shows as well as adding a few uh, new stories to the list. Episodes available include the classic To Serve Man, The Obsolete Man, and Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Also available are uh, several of the Colonial Theater uh, dramas, and I do have a special announcement. Jerry Robbins at the Colonial Radio Theater has offered to let us share one of their uh, radio dramas with you, with their full permission and blessing, and we'll be doing so on a special show on Saturday. So be sure to be listening for that. Now it's time for today's episode of Sherlock Holmes, The Adventure of the Discordant Bells.
2: From New York City, the makers of clipper craft clothes for men and more than 1,200 leading retail stores from coast to coast present that immortal character created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes, starring John Stanley. (laughs) This week's story... The Adventure of the Discordant Bell.
3: Listen to those bells, Holmes. Yes, Watson, the historic Blandford bells. They've been ringing from that bell tower for three centuries. Sounding out the curfew, eh, Holmes? More than that, my dear fellow. They've warned of enemy ships at sea, of storm and danger... (coughs) Great Scott Holmes, the bell's there. They're ringing out murder now, Watson. Quick, to the bell tower.
2: Well, Dr. Watson, working late at your memoirs tonight, I see.
4: Yes, Mr. Harris. And on a particularly fascinating adventure, if I may say so. I call it the adventure of the discordant bells.
2: Hmm, rather strange
4: name, Dr. Watson. Yes, it is indeed, and rather a strange case. To this day, Mr. Harris, I cannot hear the sound of tower bells without recalling vividly the peculiar events of this remarkable adventure. And,
2: Dr. Watson, you're going to tell us all about it?
4: I shall, Mr. Harris, I shall indeed. But suppose you begin by telling us some of the facts about Clipper clothes.
2: Thank you, Doctor. You really ought to include America when you count your blessings on Thanksgiving Day, because America has made it so easy for you to afford the good things in life. No other country anywhere could give you suits that come near the superb quality of Clippercraft at only $40 and $45. But at Clippercraft, such miracles happen every day when more than 1,200 of this country's finest independent stores from coast to coast concentrate their mighty purchasing power. That calls for enormous quantities of fabric. That keeps every last member of Clippercraft's great tailoring staff working on a full-time, all-year-round production schedule. The savings would make you gasp. That's why your Clippercraft suit of luxurious worsted costs only $45. And why so many millions are taking advantage of Clippercraft's superior values in expensive looking topcoats and overcoats. Yes, compare Clippercraft with clothes selling for many dollars more. And now, Dr. Watson, you were going to tell us of the adventure of the discordant bells.
4: So I was, Mr. Harris. And it begins properly near Eastbourne, at a place called Beachy Head on the Channel Coast in the South Downs country. There, atop a frowning cliff, stood Blanford Abbey, built with the first Lord Blanford centuries ago, along with the famous Blandford bells and the bell tower. These bells were not only historic, but priceless in a material sense, studded with jewels and encrusted with gold filigree. Then one afternoon, Lord Blanford and the Abbey trustee, Charles Easterly, were in council at the Abbey when they received
5: a visitor. My name is Holgate, Lord Blanford. William Holgate. You know the name? Yes, Holgate. I know the name. And well his lordship should, eh, Mr. Easterly? Look here, Holgate, if you're going to enter that ridiculous family claim of yours to the Blanford Bell... They're mine, Lord Blanford. Do you hear? They're mine. My family right. My ancestor, Christopher Holgate, cast those bells for Lord Peter Blanford in the 17th century. He was never paid for his work. He was cheated, died in debtor's jail.
6: And I suppose you expect me to pay you for the bells, eh, Holgate?
5: My rightful inheritance, Lord Blanford. My father tried to collect it from your family, and my grandfather before him, and his father, too. But I'll not be put aside as they were. Oh, won't you, Holgate? Let me tell you
6: this. You have no legal right to collect anything. And I'll not submit to blackmail.
5: Now, get out. Very well, Lord Blanford. But believe me, you'll regret this. You haven't heard the last of this yet.
7: Hmm. A very unpleasant fellow, Your Lordship.
6: Yes, Easterly. That word unpleasant reminds me. I have a very unpleasant duty to perform at the bell tower this evening. Yes? I must tell Oliver Mudge, the bell ringer, that his services are no longer required. (laughs)
0: But why? Why, your lordship, why? Why are you giving me the set?
6: I'm sorry, Mudge, but your conduct forces me into it. Twice you've reported to the bell tower here in your cups, disgracefully drunk, and three times you have rung the curfew late. But but your lordship... I don't propose to argue the point, Mudge. Tonight you ring the bells for the last time.
0: No. No, Lord Bramford. You'll not separate me from my beautiful children up there in the belfry... From father to son, my family has rung those bells ever since they was hung in the belfry. You can't give me the sack. You can't. I can, and I will
6: much. <laughs> I've already engaged a new bell ringer, Alfred Riggs. You'll be here tomorrow to take your place. No,
0: Lord, if you, Lord, dear, no, <laughs> Come, my babies up there, my wee babies. Your tongues are still. Come, little Davy, big George and beautiful Betty. Open your brown mouths and cry. Come, big George, awake. Weep, my winsome Betty. Weep, girl. Weep bitter tears, for this is our time of parting. Come, little Davy And now, all of you, cry, cry. Sing, sing a sad song, my beloved ones. Higher and higher. Move your tongues, my babies. Move your tongue, pour your tears from your throats. I'll have my revenge, I will, if they steal you from me. I, Oliver much the bell ringer, who will have his revenge.
5: beauties up there. You've got a new master now. Me, Alfred Griggs, the best bell ringer in all of England. Just as soon as I can light this lantern, we'll ring out the curfew and will you, Griggs? Who's that? Who's there?
0: In the bell tower. Who is it? I can't see. Oh! No. No your hands away from my throat. I, uh, I, I can't breathe. Uh, oh, please.
7: Uh, uh. Well, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, I've given you what facts I possess. After the new bell ringer, Griggs was found dead, and knowing that Lord Blanford was in mortal danger, I came post-haste to Baker Street here.
3: I see. A very wise decision, Mr. Easterlayer. You say this bell ringer, Griggs, was found hanging from the center bell rope? Yes, Dr. Watson. And the official police, what's their view of this rather peculiar phenomenon, Mr. Easterlayer? Suicide. I see, but I take it
7: you are not so sure. Well, Mr. Holmes, in view of Holgate's claim to the bells and the attitude of the original bell ringer, Oliver Mudge... Quite. Well, it seems to me, Holmes, a man like this bell-ringer might resent getting
4: the
3: sack enough to... We cannot spring to any conclusion at this time, my dear Watson. The first rule of investigation, ascertain the facts, then form the conclusion.
7: Then you'll come to Beachy Head and look into the situation, Mr.
3: Holmes? By all means. This particular problem has certain peculiar and bizarre facets that I find impossible to resist. Watson. Yes, Holmes? I believe there's a noon train for the South Downs country. We shall make it a point to be aboard. Right, Holmes.
7: You will accompany us, Mr. Easterlayer? I, uh, no, Mr. Holmes. I have some rather urgent business here in London that will keep me overnight. As you wish, Mr. Easterly.
3: We shall meet you at Beachy Head tomorrow.
0: Mr.
6: Holmes, I had no idea that Mr. Easterly, our Abbey trustee, had summoned you here to Beachy Head. But now you have arrived, I bid you welcome. Well, that's very kind of you, Lord Blanford. And I
4: must say, it was a very pleasant journey.
3: Uh, Lord Blanford. Uh, Yes, Mr. Holmes? A few questions, if you please. Why, of course. Do you believe the verdict of the official police that Alfred Griggs hanged himself? I have no reason to believe otherwise. What about the bells, Your Lordship? I suppose they will remain silent now?
6: Not at all, Dr. Watson. For three centuries, the Blanford bells have rung every day. They have told their warning through the south downs of danger. The call to arms. of public meetings for emergency. In calmer times, they have faithfully rung the curfew. And they will go on doing so. Indeed? How? The dead man's son, Peter
3: Griggs, has courageously volunteered to step into the breach and replace his father. He will ring the bells for curfew tonight. I see. But now, Lord Benford, where can we find the discharged bell ringer, Oliver Mudge? Well, I'm afraid you have some trouble there, Mr. Holmes. Mudge has disappeared. Disappeared, eh? Yes. The police visited his cottage yesterday and found the place empty. Significant, don't you think, Holmes? Perhaps, Watson, perhaps. And this man, Holgate, the man who claims he owns the bells, where can we find him? He lives on Peddick Lane, just above High Street. Excellent. Come, Watson, we'll be off to Peddick Lane and have a few words with Mr. Holgate. Holgate, I take it you knew the original bell ringer, Oliver Mudge?
5: Aye, I knew him, Mr. Holmes. Perhaps you could tell us where we might locate him. I don't know that, Dr. Watson. I mind my own business, I do, and I let Mudge mind it. And I presume your business is entering a claim to the Blanford Bells. Aye, but they should be called the Holgate Bells, Mr. Holmes. Yes, I understand you approached Lord Blanford with your claim on several occasions. Aye, so I have. I've approached his lordship. He's thrown me out of the abbey every time he has. And Mr. Easterly, I presume you talked to him, too? Aye, I've done that, too. But him and Lord Blanford, they're two peas in a pod. And here I am. With not a shilling, and those bells up there,
4: worth a fortune. Well, I must confess, Holgate, I can understand your feelings in this matter. Aye,
5: and they'll not take down the bells. They'll keep them up in the tower. Well, let them, says I. They won't sound a note, what with Alfred Griggs dead. They'll not ring now. On the contrary, Holgate, they will. Eh? What do you mean? The dead man's son,
3: Peter Griggs, has volunteered to stand by as bell ringer. I see. Young Peter, eh? Exactly, Come, Watson, we must be off. Where to, Holmes? It's rapidly getting dark, Watson, and I should like to inspect that bell tower.
4: Holmes? Yes, Watson. Watson?
3: Where in blazes are we? No, it's so dark, I can't see a thing. We're very near the bell tower, Watson. In a few moments, we shall pass through the Blandford graveyard at the rear of the abbey and thence to the tower. Mm, Graveyard, indeed. I must confess, it goes
4: with the mood of those bells. Listen to them toll. Yes. Mournful,
3: aren't they, Watson? It is more like it, Holmes. It sounds as though they're ringing out a funeral in the night. Obviously, they are. Young Griggs has taken this opportunity to ring out a requiem for his dead father. Well, I wish he'd changed to something more cheerful, Holmes. That and tolling is beginning to get on my nerves. I... Holmes, great Scott, listen to those bells. Yes, Watson, something's gone wrong. Sounds what? as though young Griggs has suddenly gone mad. Quick, no time for talk now. To the bell tower. Here, Watson, through this door. The only way to get into the bell tower. Yes,
4: <laughs> right, Holmes. <laughs>
3: The, bridge, the bell ringer. Yes, Watson. Hanging by his neck on the bell rope. Swinging back and forth. Like a grotesque pendulum.
2: Stop to think of it, you have a lot to be grateful for here in America, especially the brilliant American ideas that are dreamed up just to give your hard earned dollars greater value. Let's take one shining example the Clippercraft Plan. More than 1,200 fine independent stores from coast to coast participate in this plan. And it would stagger you to know how much money Clippercraft saves on production and distribution costs. But it is these very savings that make it possible for Clippercraft. To give you the finer quality of expensive looking top coats or overcoats for as little as forty to forty seven fifty. And it is because of these savings that you can own Clippercraft's new lightweight zipper lining top coats at incredibly low prices. That's why men who know insist on Clippercraft clothes. So be sure to visit the Clippercraft store in your city.
7: These leading stores in the metropolitan area are proud to add their names to Clippercraft in your suits, top coats, and overcoats. In Manhattan, Saks 34th Broadway at 34th, John Wanamaker Men's Stores Broadway at Eighth and 67 Liberty Street. In Brooklyn, Abraham & Strauss. In Newark, New Jersey, Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge Newark, and in Jamaica, the B&B Clothes Shop, 16408 Jamaica Avenue. <laughs>
2: And now, let's, let's return to our story, Dr. Watson.
4: Well, Mr. Harris, Holmes and I stood there for a moment, spellbound in horror, watching the limp figure hanging by the neck sway back and forth, back and forth, in a wide arc in the bell tower for all the world like a gruesome human pigeon. We'd seen no one enter or leave the bell tower, Then, while I held the bell ringer's lantern high, Holmes seized young Griggs's body and gently
3: brought it to a stop. Then he pointed out, Watson, this door is the only entrance or exit to the bell tower. Yet this bell ringer was strangled and hung upon that rope not one minute ago. Holmes, you mean... I mean that the murderer may still be in this bell tower. What? Watson, you have your service revolver with you? Yes, I took it along, Holmes, but... Give it to me. But why? Quick, Watson, your revolver. Holmes, what are you going to do? Hold that bell ringer's lantern high, Watson. I intend to climb that ladder and have a look into the belfry. Did you
4: see anyone up there,
3: Holmes? No, Watson, the belfry's empty. Uh, Holmes, perhaps it was suicide after all. Rubbish. We found the corpse swinging back and forth on a wide arc, did we not? Oh, yes, I... Then we may make an elementary deduction... A man who hanged himself on a rope would be found in a stationary position. Obviously, being dead and suspended in mid-air, he could not swing himself to and fro. Jove, Holmes, it's quite clear now. Someone must have been present to give the corpse a push. Exactly. A murderer, Watson, with a fiendish sense of the dramatic. I... Uh-huh. Holmes, what is it? Look here, Watson. On the floor. On the floor? Holmes, I can't say I, I see anything here. Use your eyes, man. Use your eyes. Observe. Note the tiny grains of sand on the stone surface, somewhat moist to the touch. What of it? You'll recall, Watson, that we came to this bell tower along a flagstone walk. Moreover, the entire abbey here is surrounded by a thick lawn. By this reasoning... Uh,
0: Someone is coming. Yes, Watson. Hello? Hello? Who? Oh, it's you,
7: Mr. Holmes. Dr. Watson. I heard the bells, and I... Good Lord... Griggs! Young Peter Griggs, he's... he's dead. Quite. But how did it happen? How? That
3: is what we hope to ascertain, Mr. rees I must say that your appearance here is somewhat of a surprise. Eh, what do you mean? You told Watson and me at Baker Street that you would not return to Beachy Head until the morrow. It seems that your plans have suddenly changed. I, uh, yes,
7: yes. As a matter of fact, I did finish early. Caught the night train back. But enough of that. It's these hideous murders. I assure you, Mr. Holmes, I shall have something extraordinary to say to Lord Blanford in the morning.
4: Ah,
3: up that last day, Watson. Oh, good morning, Holmes. You seem to have left the hotel early. I did indeed, Watson, and after reinforcing myself with an excellent breakfast of kippers, scrambled eggs, toast and marmalade, and tea, (laughs) I took the liberty of examining the Abbey premises in broad daylight. And particularly the Bell Tower, I suppose. On the contrary, Watson, I studiously avoided the Bell Tower. At the moment, surrounded by a crowd of the morbidly curious, and the local constables hard put to keep the onlookers at their distance. For my part, I found the graveyard adjacent to the tower far more interesting. You did? Why, Holmes? The stones and the main mausoleum itself are built entirely of sandstone and house the last remains of the Blanford family far back into antiquity. After that, I visited the bank and exchanged amenities with several of the local tradesmen. Oh, Dash it you sound like a tourist with a baedeker. After all, we're dealing with murder
4: here, you
7: know. I...
3: Come in. Mr.
7: Earl, Dr. Watson? Yes? My name is Whitford, sir. Coachman in the service of Lord Blanford. Well? His lordship request your presence at the Abbey, sir, on a matter of in- urgent importance.
6: Mr. Holmes, I have decided to ask Dr. Watson yourself not to pursue this case any longer. Have you indeed, Lord Blanford? May I ask why? I do this only at the earnest recommendation of Mr. Easterly, the Abbey trustee. He insists that I close the Blanford Bell Tower. Remove the bells. Do you mean silence them forever, your lordship? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Hmm. Rather sudden decision, I must say. True, Mr. Holmes, true. But these tragedies, they've been too much. We've just been forced to rope off the grounds to keep the morbidly curious at the distance. The bell tower has become a house of murder. Death. Uh, what is it, Mr.
3: Holmes? What are you staring at? Watson, allow me the use of your pocket handkerchief.
4: Well, of course, Holmes.
3: Hmm. Lord Blanford seems to have a red smudge on his left shoulder. Ah, came off quite easily. Oh, really, Mr. Holmes? Oh, forgive the interruption, Your Lordship. That smudge was a jarring note in an otherwise fastidious appearance. Pray proceed. You said you were going to. But, Great heavens. Holmes, listen. The bells. Yes, Watson. It seems that the tower has a new bell ringer after all. Oh, I don't understand it. Who could be ringing those bells? Suppose we hurry to the bell tower and see for ourselves, Your Lordship. <coughs> Here we are, Holmes. Yes, Watson, we'll be inside the tower in a moment. Well, I don't understand it, Mr. Holmes. I don't understand it. Who could be ringing those bells? We shall see the moment we walk through this door. Whoever it is, don't a professional. Why, it's Mudge. Oliver Mudge. Interesting, Lord Lanford. Steady. The original bell ringer comes back to us. Mudge!
0: Mudge! Let those bells alone, do you hear? No! No! You'll not drive me away this time, your lordship. You'll not drive me away from my children. I hear you are going to take them down from the tower, but I'll not let you do it. Will I, my children? Not I order you to drop those bells. Oh, my babies! Open your bronze mouth! Ring, sing, cry to the countryside! They'll never take you away from me, will they now? Higher and higher, my golden and Tell them you'll stay! Tell them you'll never leave this tower. Regard, the shower! Mudge, look out! Who? The The big one is falling! Mudge.
6: Mudge. Mr. Holmes, is he...
3: Dead? Yes, your lordship, he is indeed that heavy bell hurtling downward hit Mudge a solid blow, killed him instantly. Holmes, what the deuce is going on? This is the third time a man has been struck down in this tower. I... Holmes, where are you going? Up into the belfry, Watson. This time I hope to find some very pertinent answers to this hideous riddle. Holmes! I say up there,
4: Holmes! Yes, Watson. Found anything up there in the belfry?
3: I have indeed, Watson. First of all, the fiend responsible for these monstrous crimes used a hacksaw on the metal support of the big center barrel. Sawed it almost completely through.
6: Anything else up there, Mr. Holmes? Uh
3: Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, indeed, Lord Blanford. What is it? The murderer left his footprints in the dust of the belfry. And in doing so, Your Lordship, I might add, he left his death warrant. Watson. Yes, Holmes? We'll return to the belfry here tomorrow morning with the proper apparatus to take casts of these footprints. After that, I'm willing to wager that the villain will be apprehended and the case closed.
4: Well, oh, Holmes, where the deuce have you been all evening? You've been gone from the inn since late this afternoon. I've been making the rounds of every pub in Beachy Head, Watson. Every pub. In the name of heaven, Holmes, why?
3: Not to quaff the native ale, I assure you, Watson, but rather to disseminate gossip and spread news. By this time, my dear fellow, there's not a man, woman, or child who does not know those footprints in the Tower belfry. Yeah, but dash it, Holmes. You'll warn the criminal that we're going to take cast of his footprints tomorrow. Precisely, Watson. And that's why you and I are going to visit Blanford Bell Tower tonight. Oh, uh, yes. I mean, the fiend of the Bell Tower will be there tonight to wipe away the evidence before we get there in the morning. But we shall steal a march on him, my dear fellow. We shall be waiting there in the dark of the night.
0: him. three o'clock, Holmes.
2: It is indeed Watson. My
4: friend hasn't appeared as yet. I must say, Holmes, I'm getting juice tired lying prone on this belfry floor. If you had some idea who this fellow is? With...
3: I have, Watson. His identity is quite obvious. So, too, is his method of exit and entrance to this tower, and so is his motive for these hideous crimes. Well, then dash it, Holmes. Why don't you tell me?
4: Deserves a house. you will be climbing the ladder
0: up here to the belfry in a moment. Here he comes
3: up the ladder. if yes, Watson. Street back against the walls. Stand where you are, Lord Blanford. What, by Jove, Blanford? Don't move, Your Lordship. Dr. Watson has a revolver pointed at you, and I assure you he'll use it if necessary.
6: I see. Then you know that I... Yes, Lord Blanford, I knew
3: some time ago. But how? How? I thought I... The ego of the criminal mind, your lordship. Your crimes were far from perfect, to a careful analyst. First of all, you were careless enough to leave grains of sand on the floor. Moist sand. That sand could not have come from the ground since they consisted entirely of lawn and flagstone walks.
4: Yes, but Holmes, I don't understand... Elementary,
3: my dear Watson, elementary. Moist sand meant sand from underground. We did not see his lordship come out of the doorway, you recall. Therefore, he must have left the tower from within, through some sort of tunnel dug underground. And I believe there is a tunnel leading into this tower from the mausoleum. Is there not, Lord Blanford? You hid in your ancestor's mausoleum, came in through the tunnel, hanged those unfortunate bell ringers, and returned to the mausoleum. How did you know I was in the mausoleum? The tomb is of soft red sandstone, and You had a red smudge on your shoulder, which I wiped off on Dr. Watson's handkerchief here. That smudge also proved to be sandstone. Lord Blanford, why did you commit these horrible hacks? Money, Dr. Watson. I needed money. Yes, so I ascertained at the bank and by talking to various tradesmen here in the village, your lordship. You were heavily in debt through some unfortunate stock transactions and you needed to recoup. Oh, the bells. That was the answer to you here. The bells. If I could get them out of the tower, they'd be mine. I could sell them for thousands of pounds. But you couldn't dismantle the bells without facing an aroused citizenry, could you, Lord Blanford? You knew the South Downs folk would never let you tear down that tower so dear to them by tradition. Yes, yes, that's correct. So you fell upon this fiendish scheme to make the tower a death trap and thus have a legitimate excuse to dismantle the Blanford Bells. Uh, Oh, yes. I counted upon the notoriety. Watson. Yes, Holmes? Go to the village and get a constable. I'll wait here with Lord Blanford. And I promise him all the notoriety he wants. In every newspaper in England.
2: Well, Dr. Watson, that that certainly was an exciting adventure.
4: Yes, Mr. Harris. I might add here that Holmes was true to his promise. Lord Blanford's photograph appeared in every newspaper in Britain, and he was speedily sentenced and sent to the gallows.
2: And the Blanford Bells, Doctor?
4: (laughs) As far as I know, Mr. Harris, they are still ringing out the curfew at Beachy Head to this very day.
2: I see. Well, what about next week's adventure, Dr. Watson?
4: Well, next week... I shall relate to you the case of the well advertised murder. It concerns a woman's desperate fight to keep from becoming a homicidal maniac.
2: The makers of Clippercraft clothes and more than 1,200 stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Our stories are based upon the character Sherlock Holmes, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and the program is produced and directed by Basil Loughlin. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by George Feldman. This week's story was written by Max Ehrlich, with special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clippercraft either, write Clippercraft, 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in The Case of the Well Advertised Murder.
6: Guy Harris speaking for Clipper Craft Clothes. This is the Mutual Broadcasting
0: System. Stay with us for Behind the Front Page with Gabriel Heater, which follows in a moment.
1: Welcome back. You know, there were many uh, companies that knew how to do uh, advertising and connect with an audience during the golden age of radio. Uh, Clipper Craft Clothes, unfortunately, was not one of them. I, you know, I was listening to that ad, you know, when they started at the beginning where they were kind of talking about, uh, Thanksgiving and things to be thankful for. And I got a warm, uh, uh, fuzzy feeling like, oh, this is nice. Maybe I should have played this around Thanksgiving. And then I learned what Americans needed to be grateful for was America, because it gave them the opportunity to buy inexpensive clothes. And that kind of ruined it. You know, I, I get three years after World War II, there was a lot of rationing. So clothes may not have been available. as inexpensively, and there was a lot of rationing going on, and that was over from the wartime. But still, I don't know quite how that would have uh, connected with audiences back then. I would think, particularly if uh, I'd I'd had uh, much of an impact uh, had on my life due to a war, I'd probably be more, even a few years later, thankful that to have family and friends at home and the cheap top coat would probably not end up in the top ten. And the plot itself, kind of average. I'm just looking ahead because they usually do a fairly good job when they adapt the uh, Arthur Conan Doyle um, Sherlock Holmes story, and we've got uh, we've got a few of those coming up this season. So I'm looking forward to those. So um, while we do turn out listener comments and feedback, Aaron sends along some uh, great suggestions for the show. I'm gonna, um I'm uh, I'm gonna adopt two of them. Uh, I won't read through all of them. There aren't any bad uh, ideas here. Just a, some that work uh, kind of with my personality. And uh, some that don't. One thing, uh, a couple things that uh, C suggested. Offer a chance to sponsor the intro on the show one day, and the sponsor could call in and record part of it themselves. That's a good idea. So I've added that as an option at Aaron's uh, Suggestion. Uh, that is optional. So if you give $100 or more now, or if you've given it on one of the previous days and you'd like to do it, you can, uh, go ahead and briefly introduce one of the, sh- uh, one of the, uh, programs. So I might say this is Adam Graham in Boise, Idaho, introducing today's episode of Sherlock Holmes, The Adventure of the Discordant Bell from November 21st, 1948. Uh, Aaron also suggests, um, I listen to several other podcasts, and some are asking listeners to tell a friend. The pitch goes something like this: We appreciate your support of the show, and since you tell, uh, and since you like it, please tell a friend uh, to help the show grow. And good idea, I'll, I'll try to remember to do that every uh, now and again. I know some folks uh, already do, but uh, it definitely helps the show grow and uh, people have greater opportunities to be able to listen and to enjoy it. So if you know any friends you think might be interested, let them know. I can go to greatdetectives.net to subscribe. And Aaron, thank you so much for all your suggestions and uh, appreciate uh, all of them and the time you took to get those together. Michael uh, emails in and he says uh, he offers recommendations for a couple of shows. On a side note, two shows I would recommend are Crime and Peter Chambers and The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. I know that Scarlet Queen doesn't strictly fall into the detective genre, but it falls into shows or stories that are essentially detective stories that aren't portrayed by detectives. Pat Novak and Pete Kelly's Blues are in the same boat. Uh, uh, Very clever pun there. Um... (laughs) uh walter mosley's easy Rollins stories uh, fall into that camp as well Uh, his character easy is not a detective but the story is well uh, i'll tell you regarding scarlet queen some of the episodes really resemble detective stories. Some are really just straight adventure stories. On one, they land on an island, they're kidnapped by a villain who they know who it is, and they've got to uh, deal with a hurricane. Not really a detective story there. But uh, I've heard from a couple, three listeners interested in Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. And I'll listen to you as uh, we get more feedback in. We've got a strong interest of this series uh, particularly once we get through some more of the, uh, stricter detective, uh, mystery shows, I'll give some consideration, uh, to that. If we've got listeners saying, play Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. And it's a show the listeners love. It's a show the host loves. Now, I think we ought to take a look at it, but probably not for a couple of years yet. I, I'll, like I said, I will keep it under consideration. I'll continue to listen to the feedback listeners provide. And I still hold out some hope we might end up doing an old time radio uh, adventure show where we might say go through one adventure series at a time. And if we did that, I can tell you that Voyage of the Scarlet Queen would we'll be right near the top of the shows we would do. So I will, will keep listening to you, uh, to you guys on that. And thanks for that feedback. I goes on to say another one I'm not a fan of are slow moving documentary style police shows that relay the story but don't have a sense of detection or de- don't make the listener question what next. Some of these are crime dramas without much of a sense of drama. Uh, per uh, Peter Chambers from the few I've heard, he's a classic hard-boiled uh, detective. The plot seems to work well, too. I also like that Hammer guy's. Uh, but on the ones I've heard, the audio is fairly rough. Well, thanks, Michael, on both of those counts. always appreciate hearing well, what type of shows people might want next. Now, some of the bigger programs, like the Sam Spades, the Richard Diamonds, the Philip Marlowe's, are going to be a little bit harder to do uh, immediately because uh, many of the more popular shows have got 70, a 100 episodes in circulation. So we have to find a lot of space for them. But both the shows that uh, Michael mentioned, both of them have got less than uh, 25 episodes out there. And we've already kind of mapped out what we're going to play in the 2012-2013 uh, season. But uh, the feedback you provide us will really uh, can help shape, you know, uh, particularly around those shows where there aren't so many episodes out there. If we we hear listeners uh, suggesting something, I'll definitely make an effort to see what we can do to uh, get them in the next year's uh, rotation of shows for the shorter shows we do. All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, appreciate your comment, Michael, and uh, we will uh, join, uh, we will be back on, oh, I almost forgot one point. Regarding uh, boring uh, police shows, I, I want to assure you I'm definitely not a fan of the uh, boring uh, programs. Um, in fact, when I discuss doing police procedurals on the show, there aren't a whole lot that are real, true uh, detective shows. Um, I've identified a grand total of four, you know, that are, you know, I I think really would fit in fairly well with our program. And, uh, I think most of the others, there's a lack of dramatic attention. And we oftentimes don't even get to see the good guys in action consistently. The only one of those series that I really like that's more crime drama as a procedural is This Is Your FBI, which is just so incredibly well done, acted, uh, and directed. And I absolutely love the series, even though that's not usually the case with uh, those sort of procedurals. So, I definitely will uh, avoid those uh, type of shows. Alright, well, uh, that's all for now. See you tomorrow with uh, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and then join us back here on Thursday for Sherlock Holmes. In the meanwhile, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Detectives, and give us a call 208-991-4783. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.